Hi everyone, welcome or welcome back to the kingdom. Okay, first of all, I apologize for the audio on the last episode. I was editing it the whole time. I'm like, why does it sound so bad? I, I hope it doesn't sound bad because of this room. Like, I hope this room is not the reason why the audio is so bad because I just moved everything in here. So what am I going to do? And it dawned on me that I was probably recording from my computer's audio instead of like the 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 microphone audio. Um, let me check if it's actually. Yeah, I have faith that it's actually picking up the mic now. So hopefully it's way better than last time. Um, I. It's ha- I'm <laughs> I'm very happy to be here it's been a while i feel like i need to catch you guys up on a lot of stuff like my brain is going a hundred miles an hour because i feel like there's just so much that i haven't said and also because of this throne i feel very fancy i feel like i need to dress super sharp when i sit on here so yeah um welcome again and hi if you're new here my name is karen adakora and I am the host of the Welcome to the Kingdom podcast. I just came back from L.A. a couple of days ago. I spent a week in L.A. And so I kind of wanted to delay the recent episode because I didn't want to have one episode on the throne and then like be gone in L.A. for a while and then come back again and be like, hi. So I just wanted a seamless bl- transition to the new visual. And, yeah, I really liked L.A. Like, I thought I was a New York girl, and I feel like I'm still a New York girl. You know, it's only been almost seven months, um, so I feel like I still am a New York girl. But something about L.A. just really, really touched my heart. (laughs) So don't be surprised if I end up moving to L.A. just... This is a forewarning that you will probably see me move to L.A. soon. Not too soon, but somewhere in the near future. So I want you guys, I want you to be mentally prepared for it. Um, But it was a fun time. It was so, so relaxing. I really enjoyed it. And I, you know, spent time with God, spent time alone, spent time with friends. And it was so deeply nourishing to the heart like and I feel like that's something that you can't find in New York City I feel or maybe you could but it's just rare to find in New York City because I think that the nature of the city is that everything is so quick and you hang out with somebody you grab coffee when the coffee's over or coffee's done you gotta go so everything is just so like short attention span is short we're not really giving people our time our full time and energy and I think that LA really taught me to just slow down and give everything I am my full attention like everything I'm doing whoever I'm with just living life slow and I want to live life slow I don't want to be in a rush because life goes by so fast anyway so what am I rushing for and that's what I learned in L.A. was just like living life slow, 
going on walks, all this stuff. Um, but thank you for the warm response to the new setup and to the throne. <laughs> it was very, very fun. I was wondering, I was like, wait, the 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 views or the listens um on that on the on the throne episode is so much smaller than normal and i was a bit bummed well because i'm like well first of all the audio wasn't that good but second i did tell you guys to pause and go watch it visually (laughs) so that's probably why spotify is telling me like you know half the people it was like half the number of people who normally listen and duh because i told you guys to go watch it so thank you for loving it as much as i do i really really i enjoy it i started working here i started eating here i feel like whenever i sit here i just feel powerful and that i can do anything and sometimes i also think that or i envision god sitting on here like you know in the nighttime like i just like oh he's just chilling on his throne like looking over me and whenever he he sees that I want to sit on it, he just gets up and moves <laughs> and just stands next to me. But normally he's sitting on it. And I think that when he's sitting on it, there's a presence. There's a, just like an aura. And I want to preserve that aura. Speaking of that, I feel like I kind of want to be, I'm back to wanting to be totally and fully consumed with the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Um, Someone just blasting Dominican music nearby. But I I think I want to be, or not I think, I know, I want to be fully engulfed in the presence of God. Like, that's where I am in life. (laughs) Yeah, let's catch up. That's where I am in life. Wanting to be completely consumed by the presence of God and I think something about having this chair in my room also when I just envision that God is sitting on it it just brings like a holy aura in the room that I really like um I went to I went to a worship event yesterday and I don't know where I'm going with this guys I'm just catching you guys up on whatever I'm thinking so keep on listening i went to a worship event yesterday and in that event i was or in the church the whole day i I had just been feeling like uh like a a kind of weight on my spirit of like you need to be consumed by the presence of god and i just felt it the whole day so the whole day i was worshiping And so then I went to the worship event and they said, you know, some of you just want more of God, like just come up. So I went up and I was sitting there like at the altar. People were lying down, people were kneeling, people were just sitting. And as I sat there, this lady came up and just spoke like she just I don't know what she said, but she said something. And then as she was leaving the pulpit. I said, God, if you see me, tell this lady to come talk to me. Because <laughs> I, I just wanted him to, I, I wanted him to acknowledge that 
he's he's doing something in me at that moment and i don't know what it was so i was like okay i need you to confirm that you are telling me this thing so let me make it more simple like all day i feel like god was speaking to me right i feel like he was just telling me like i need you in a season of just pure and utter worship every single second of the day i felt like that's what he was telling me the whole day literally the whole day he was just like pulling 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 me like you need to come back to this place of complete worship every single second and because i feel like i had just kind of like i don't think my walk with god is not i don't think it's it just ebbs and flows, but I think recently I've just been kind of like la 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 and just kind of like more interested in other things. Like I'm interested in getting money because I have none. <laughs> I'm interested in growing an audience. I'm interested in like all these like surviving, you know, and I've been really concerned with how I was going to make a living and I just like, I've just been more interested in that. I'm more interested in the things that I can see. And I was kind of like, yes, God is my king and he provides for me. But I wasn't really like interested in in him that much. Because I'm like, okay, yeah, I have a relationship with him. We're cool. But like, I need all these other things. And so the whole day yesterday, I feel like he was just telling me like, I need you to be interested in me again. And so when I went to the worship event, I was saying, okay, God, I feel like you're telling me this. But so just like confirm it for me. So I, I said, if you, if you see me right now, if you see me, tell this lady to come talk to me. And as soon as the lady left the pulpit, she just goes behind me, circles back, kneels beside me. She says, can I pray for you? And I was, I, I want to say I was shocked, but I wasn't shocked. I really wasn't shocked because God does that all the time where I would just tell him something point blank, period. And he just does it. Like he, we just have that kind of communication where I'm just like, I just tell him something and he's like, okay, bet. So when she, <laughs> It it was it was astonishing, don't get me wrong, because I was like, okay, wow, you actually see me because what what would have prompted her to come kneel next to me and, and ask to pray for me? And mind you, there's like fifteen people in front. She could have gone to anybody. She also didn't go to anyone else. Like after praying for me, you would think, oh, maybe she's just praying for everyone. No, she just came to me. And she came to me right when I said, God, if you see me, tell this lady who's leaving the pulpit right now to come talk to me. It happened in like maybe a three second span of her saying something, her, she's done talking, she's leaving. I said, God, if you see me, tell her to come talk to me. She leaves, walks behind me for a second, then comes right back, taps me, kneels next to me. Can I pray for you? And I was like, wow, wow. 
And then she just goes on to say that she just sees me ascending into the secret place. (laughs) And the secret place is obviously just like, I don't even know how to describe the secret place. But to me, the secret place is, is the place that I'm describing, the place where you are completely and utterly interested in everything of God and you care about nothing else. I feel like that's the secret place. Um, so then she tells me, I see you ascending into the secret place, like a helium balloon, and you're just going up, 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 up. And I was like, wow. <laughs> wow, okay. So kind of confirmed everything that like I feel like God had been telling me the whole of yesterday. Um, and by yesterday, I mean Friday. I'm recording this on a Saturday. So, yeah, crazy, right? The things that happened to me, you would not believe. So, yeah, and then I also posted a YouTube video about getting healed from sickle cell. And it was a really big deal. Like, it was a really big thing for me to say. I felt like I had been, I had been getting ushered getting nudged to make that video for a little bit now. And I had already told the testimony at my church back in Massachusetts, but that was when I had been freed from it for two years. And I thought, I can't make a video about this. I've only been free from it for two years. Um, So then now it's almost three years. I was like, okay, I think I can say it now (laughs) because I didn't want to like say it and like jinx it. But God would never... I don't think God would make me boast in him. And then, like, the opposite happens, except for if you're Job, poor Job. But, yeah, I was like, okay, if somebody had depression all their lives and for three years now they've ne- they have not had, a, had, like, a depressive episode, they would say that they were healed from depression. Like, you know... If you had like maybe chronic migraines and then for three years you've never had a single migraine, you would say that you were freed from it or you've been healed from it. So I was kind of thinking along those lines and I was like, why is it so hard for me to say that I don't have sickle cell anymore because I haven't had it in like the past three years. But and I I know it's because like it is a genetic thing and if they do test me right now, it'll say that I do. So part of that like kind of made me invalidate myself a little bit of like you technically still do but I just wanted to like claim the healing and kind of like solidify it but it's also kind of scary because once you say things like that out loud um it becomes like the devil's like oh oh really you're gonna tell people you're gonna tell people that huh okay so Then he tries some tricks on you. So the whole of yesterday, too, (laughs) my leg was hurting the whole day. And, like, when my leg starts hurting, that's it's kind of a sign. Like, whenever I would get a sickle cell crisis, like a pain crisis, um, my leg would start hurting first. Like, it would just be a dumbing, null, like, a numbing pain. But you can feel it. And... It, it never, it, it, it didn't transcend into a full-blown crisis, but literally as soon as I posted the video yesterday, the whole night, my leg was, like, kind of throbbing as if, like, a crisis was, like, on the verge. And I was like, uh-uh. 
you are not doing this today, devil. Uh uh-uh. uh. And I've had a couple instances throughout the past three years where I've never had an actual crisis, but it would start like it would feel like it was about to happen. And I'd be like, no, no, you're not happening. And it'll go away. So that's kind of what I did. But because I was just like hyper aware of the fact that now I feel like eyes are on me. And <laughs> I don't know, like, it was it, it was a big thing. It was a big deal for me to say. It was a big deal for me to post it. And I um shoot. And then I I kind of got scared, deleted the YouTube app. That's like the first time I've ever done that for a video because I was genuinely so nervous. I still haven't looked at it. I don't know who commented. I don't know. I haven't seen anything. I posted it and I just closed my eyes because I am nervous about a lot of, I don't know. I'm just nervous about the whole topic. And I am nervous that somebody with sickle cell would see that and say that, you know, you are invalidating my pain or experience or anything. Like, I don't want people to feel like I'm just saying like you can just say it to go away and it'll go away. But honestly, like maybe I am. <laughs> maybe that's exactly what I'm saying. Because I feel like that's what I did. And I think I gave it all to God and He did it for me. So Yeah, that's the that's about that. If you haven't seen the video, go see it. Check it out. Let me know what you think. Um, yeah, let me look at the time. Another thing I want to talk about also is like, you know, okay, that video, that video aside, I am feeling much more encouraged and much more like, um, when it comes to the whole creating thing, um, I feel feel like I, I it suddenly clicked for me that I have to like create and I have to have the mindset of like I am a content creator because if you don't believe in what you're doing and if you don't have if you don't think that it's legit yourself then nobody else is going to believe in it and think that it's legit so I was having a chat with a friend and it, she kind of just encouraged me like yo this is an actual legitimate path that you're on and it can seem silly and quirky and stupid because like I don't know whenever I make like a to-do list or like my weekly agenda and all of it is just take Instagram photos record a podcast edit the podcast edit the YouTube video post the YouTube video make a TikTok post the TikTok edit the TikTok like That's just what my weekly agenda and to-do list consists of. And when I look at that, it seems so silly to me. It seems like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? It seems so silly. But I was talking with her, and I just kind of, you know, got the realization or, like, the little aha moment of, like, no, this is a lot of things you're doing. This is... A lot of work, you're putting in so much hours into this, and this is a legitimate source of income. Like, 
Influencer marketing is a million dollar, multi-million dollar, probably billion dollar industry. So why do you think that's silly? Like you're, you're, you're good. So she kind of spoke some life into me. And also I saw this TikTok where she said you have to climb the mountain of cringe to descend in the land of the cool. <laughs> so like cringe is right here or like normalcy is right here. Then there's, there's a mountain called cringe. And as you keep going up that mountain, you keep cringing at yourself like, uh, why am I actually taking like, why am I actually recording this morning routine? And why am I actually putting effort into this morning routine? And so you cringe at yourself and you think everybody else is cringing at you. Every time you post a video, every time you post a photo, every time you do a reel, a TikTok, you know, you want to be, let's say you want to be a content creator and you just start posting. You think people are cringing at you. People are cringing at the fact that you're actually taking this seriously and people are cringing that you're trying. And that's okay. First of all, people are probably not cringing, but in, even if they are, and most likely it's just us cringing at ourselves, you have to climb that mountain of cringe. You have to climb the mountain of cringe to descend into the land of the cool and once you are right now you're at like the land of normal people (laughs) and then you climb over this mountain and it's cringe all the way up and down but then before you realize it you're in the land of the cool it's not even cringe anymore you're doing things you're getting opportunities doors are opening and this is with anything that you're doing like if you want to pursue acting and you're posting your headshots on Instagram and you're posting little acting gigs that you got and you think, oh, this is so cringy. No, very soon you keep doing it, you keep doing it. I don't know how big the mountain is, honestly. Sometimes I feel like this mountain of cringe will never end. But maybe you're looking at me and you're like, oh, she's in the land of the cool. No, I feel like I'm very, very much still on cringe mountain to me. Um, And that's just to me, that's how we look at it. But other people are looking at us and like, They're thinking, oh, these people live in the land of the cool because you have gotten over yourself and gotten over that hump. And even even posting, posting something, posting your artwork, posting your painting, like anything that you do that you are kind of you kind of have to put your pride aside and show it to the world. Anything that you open yourself up for people to like look at or to anytime you expose yourself basically or you give yourself you open up a portal in your mind for people to look in for people to hear for people to see for people to critique anything you are climbing over cringe mountain and you have to do that to get what you want in life sometimes and I really like it really just hit me you know it I understood for the first time that you have to you have to climb cringe mountain and that is okay because before you know it you're going to look back and you're going to say wow I really climbed this mountain of being vulnerable opening myself up looking silly on the internet but now look, now I am right where I wanted to be. And now I've opened up the doors that I wanted to open up. So I, I, I am fully, fully 
I fully accept the fact that I am on Cringe Mountain. And I probably will be for a little bit. <laughs> to me, maybe not to you, but to me, that's just how I look at it. And that's fine. And it's okay. It's okay to cringe at yourself. And it's okay for people to cringe at you. You have one life. And you might as well do try your hardest to get over their mountain. And get over yourself. And do it. And I also got another realization this is this was the week of realizations we're realizing that we need to be completely in love with god again we're realizing that we do need to climb over cringe mountain to get what we want um but then i'm also realizing that for a long time i have been kind of not trying as hard as i could like i just haven't been trying as hard as I could <laughs> um, because of this whole thing about cringiness. Like, I can say, oh, this video didn't do that well because I, you know, I didn't really care about it. Like, I didn't really put my all into it. This this video didn't do that well because I didn't even care about the thumbnail. This podcast episode didn't do that well because I didn't even try hard enough. Like, this Real didn't do that well because I didn't even edit that well. Like, you're, we're trying, or me, I was trying so hard to look, like, nonchalant about the things that I was doing. If it looks like I don't care enough, then maybe people will not cringe at me. Like, if it looks like I'm not trying hard, if it looks like I'm just, like, a cool, easy, breezy girl that doesn't try hard and you're just, like, ugh, just new video out don't even care how it does like I just don't even care just I just posted a silly little vlog like I really don't care about it like you can watch it if you want that's kind of like the mindset I was in because I was trying to make it seem that I didn't care about what I was doing and that was a way for me to cope with the fear of failure was that if I act like I don't care and I fail then people would be like, oh, she didn't care anyway. She wasn't even trying hard anyway. Like, she doesn't even care about it doing well or success, you know? Does that make sense? As opposed to if I put my all into something and people saw that I put my all and I'm promoting it heavily and I'm trying my best and I'm doing everything so well, then if, if I fail, people will say, ah, she tried so hard and she failed. But if I just kind of seem like I don't care at all, kind of seem like I'm just cruising by, I don't care, I'm, I really don't, I don't care about anything, and I'm just doing it for funsies, um, and, I, and if I fail, then it's like, oh, she was just doing it for funsies, you know? So realizing that I was using, like, my little not-gonna-try-hard as a way to cope with, like, you know, maybe if it fails, then, like, it's fine. I didn't try hard anyway. And realizing that was kind of, like, a real big shocker because it was so true. It was, I think it, um, Lucas was reading a book, and it was a quote in the book. So I was I was complaining about something to him. I'm not sure what. And he read that quote to me that, like, you're not trying hard because you think that if you try hard and you fail, it's worse than if you didn't try at all and you failed, you know? 
But what would happen if you tried your absolute best at anything that you were doing? You went the extra mile. You you did the thing. <laughs> Angela Bassett did the thing. No. You did the thing. You just put in all your effort. You put in all your time. What would happen? I guarantee failure wouldn't happen. And maybe maybe it would take a while for you to get what you want. But But... I don't think anything ever has gone wrong from someone trying hard. Like, I don't, the, the pros and cons to trying hard, there's a lot more pros than there are cons to trying your absolute best at whatever you want to do. And sometimes we try to downplay how much we want something. We try to downplay, like, our creativity, our effort. Oh, oh yeah, I just, po- I just put a little song out. Listen to it if you want. Song coming out tomorrow. <laughs> you drop the song. Song out, that's it. You don't care. Like You just look like you don't care. Or you make a beat. You spend hours making this beat. You post it. Check out this jingle I made. And then nobody ever hears it again it kind of almost, it feels better when we downplay the things that we do because it's like, oh, if I downplay it and people don't care, then it's fine. But if I, like, upplay it, I don't know the other word for not downplaying something. If you upplay it and people don't care, it's, like, kind of embarrassing, right? But here's the thing. I don't think you can, the only way that you fail is if you don't try, you know, so if we're just giving half of our effort to everything that we're doing, just so that it doesn't look like we're on cringe mountain, just so it looks like, you know what is funny? We're trying to look cool. We're trying to get into the land of the cool. And by the land of the cool, I mean, when you get to a point where everything you're doing seems legit to you, seems legit to others, and you're, you're content with the fruit that is coming out of whatever you sowed. I think that's what the land of the cool is. So when, but we're trying to get into the land of the cool by acting cool, you know, by acting like, oh yeah, it's whatever. No, nobody ever got in the land of the cool by acting that they were too cool. (laughs) It's okay. Nobody ever got into the land of the cool by acting like they were too cool for whatever they were doing. The only people that are in the land of the cool are the people who tried hard. Like, nobody just nonchalantly gets their way onto uh, the Oscar stage or, like, Hollywood Walk of Fame or, I don't know, Jimmy Fallon. I don't know, whatever. Whatever counts as, like, success to you nobody ever got there by acting nonchalant about their craft by acting like oh it's whatever like let me just weasel diesel (laughs) i don't know my way into this oscar nomination or grammy win nobody did that people put their all into it they put their all all their time their money their resources into whatever they were trying to achieve and in the start they probably looked cringe like, I saw this thing where the Michael B. Jordan's, like, um, high school people, classmates, would make fun of him because he'd walk around everywhere with his headshots. 
And now look at him. And on that time, he was probably just ascending, ascending on on the cringe mountain. And he probably got to a point in time where he was at the top of the cringe mountain. Like everybody looked at him and was like, this is the cringiest guy I know. And then they just kept going, 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 boom. Now they're in the land of the cool. So um, this is a new kind of mindset, I guess. I, I didn't even do what I'm welcoming and exiling. So I guess I'm welcoming Cringe Mountain, you know. I'm welcoming trying my absolute best at what I want to do. Like if I want to do, I want to do content creation full time, I'm going to put my all into it. And, and I know that it is possible. So I'm going to do it. And I am doing it. Obviously, I don't have a job right now. So this is all I'm doing. So how am I going to nonchalantly do content creation full time? It doesn't even make sense. You have to put your all into it. And realizing that I have to create and create and create, create my way into things. Like I spent the first couple weeks of not having a job, just reaching out to brands. And I was getting discouraged because I'm not getting any, I wasn't getting many responses. But then I was like, wait, you have to turn it around. Instead of spending time reaching out to brands for money, spend time creating. Because when you're creating and creating and creating, very soon they will reach out to you because you're creating like you're doing what they're going to pay you to do anyway but if you're not creating at all and you're like hey can you pay me to create and they're like you haven't created this whole time why would why would i pay you to do that (laughs) so yeah and even the whole concept of posting and posting and posting um especially even on instagram like i realized that the only people that were posting consistently were the influencers So if I want to be an influencer, what am I going to do? I'm going to post consistently because the only people posting consistently are influencers. And I'm over here caring about what people from my high school will think, what people from my college will think if I'm posting four times a week on Instagram because nobody I know in my personal life is posting that much on Instagram. But then I look at who I'm following. Who do I follow for Alpha Inspo? Who do I follow for Jesus Inspo? Who do I follow for aesthetics? Who do I follow for... The people I follow are the people that are posting consistently, giving me something to get inspired by, giving me something to go on Instagram for. The only people that were posting four or five times a day, five times a week, like every day, basically, were the influencers. So, duh, if I want to get in... I got to get with the program and not think about, am I bothering people by posting too much? What does this look like? Is it cringy? Like all these things. So I hope that eased you if you're thinking about anything. And and I know I only speak for like content creation because I don't know what else that you are trying to do with your life. But in a similar fashion, if you're trying to do something with your life, You got to see what the people that are already there, what are they doing? And then you got to go with the program. And you can't say, I want to be like a musician. And then you never, ever sit down to create or record or write. What do you think the people that are artists, are songwriters, what do you think they're doing? They're recording and writing, you know? They didn't get there by not doing it. (laughs) Obviously not. 
else we wouldn't know about them. So, yeah, that's that's my little tidbit on that. Um, another thing that has been on my mind recently is the th- the whole concept of dreams and mostly like par- like what happens when we sleep, you know? And that can be a whole different podcast episode, but recently and this has been happening for a while where I just have the most insane dreams, like the most ridiculous like I don't know, just the most crazy dreams. And none of it makes sense. They're usually bad, too. They're usually very, like, horrific and terrifying. And I wake up, and I'm scared, and I'm just like, what does this dream mean? If it's not scary, then it's something just super confusing and, like, just very ominous. Like, what does this mean? And so um, one time, like, a, not one time, last week, I was just having a bunch of days in a row where I was just having, like, the worst dreams ever. And I also had sleep paralysis when I was in L.A., where, I don't know if you guys know the YouTube, not a YouTuber, the TikToker. He's light-skinned with blue eyes, and he's, like, super conservative. Um, I think his name is Christian Walker. I think, I know his name is Christian. I don't know if his, I think his name is Christian Walker, yeah. Um, and I literally had a sleep paralysis <laughs> where he was in my room. Isn't that so weird? And it's just like, why did whatever spirit come in the form of this random TikToker that I've probably seen on my feed like twice? And it's not like I saw him right before I went to bed. Like I haven't seen any of his content in a minute. And like also one time sleep paralysis, I got sleep paralysis and Dwight from the office was in my room like it's just the most random things so I was just having a a couple days in a row where I was having a lot of crazy dreams and like paranormal activity while I sleep and I know that's something that I definitely have to like keep praying about and keep like seeking God's you know divine intervention in that because it really is scary scary And I don't like it at all. And that's why sometimes I just imagine that God is sitting on this throne while I sleep. Because otherwise I wouldn't be able to sleep. Um, But I know one time when I woke up from one of those crazy dreams. I think maybe on Wednesday night. So Thursday morning I wake up. And I'm like God you have got to start telling me what these dreams mean. Like these dreams are so absurd and so complicated and it doesn't make sense like you've got to start telling me what these dreams mean and then the next day i go to sleep right i have another dream and this dream was super long-winded like just a whole bunch of things that are just going on i don't know and then in the dream i find myself in a house and in the house is very big And I'm very tiny in the house. And I look up, you know, towards the windows of the house. And I see that the window is being scrubbed. Like, as if it wasn't a car wash. You know when you go through, like, one of those automated car washes. And there's soap splatters. And the machine comes and, like, scrubs the the windshield. Yeah. So, 
the windows of this house that I was in in the dream was getting scrubbed like as if it was getting passing through a car wash and you know I had just told God God you've got to start telling me what these dreams mean so I'm standing there in the dream looking up thinking like what does this even mean and as soon as I said that in the dream God tells me what the dream means so I'm looking up the windows getting scrubbed and I hear a voice that sounds exactly like my voice, but it's not my voice, obviously, because I didn't say it because I am confused on what this dream means. So then I hear my voice coming from somewhere else saying the thing that you think you need to clean yourself of is the thing that I'm going to use to make you shine. And I was like, huh? Because it was my voice, but obviously I didn't say it. And then and then in that moment, I, I realized that it's God telling me what this dream means. So then he repeats it again. He says, the thing that you think you need to clean yourself of is the thing that I'm going to use to make you shine. Like just that sentence. And then, a, and then boom, dream was over and I woke up. And then it just kept ringing in my head. The thing that you think you need to clean yourself of is what I'm going to use to make you shine. And I was like, Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Well, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, for explaining to me what the dream meant before I woke up. That was very nice of you. I asked you to do that, and you did it. <laughs> so thank you, but also, like, such a deep, deep sentence. So I spent the whole day, Friday, just thinking, oh, no, I think Thursday? I don't know. I'm getting my days confused. But I spent the rest of the day thinking, what do I need to, what do I feel like I need to clean myself of? Like, what is God trying to tell me? He's obviously trying to say, like, there's something about you that you think is dirty and you think you need to clean yourself of it. But that's exactly what I'm going to use to make you shine. So I was like, uh, is it my hair? Because I I wanted to, you know, get <laughs> I wanted to get my hair done. And I was like very upset about that before I that that night before I slept. So I was like, is it my hair? Like, is it? Uh, what is it? I don't know. Um, and then I thought, is it like the sickle cell story? Like, what is it? I don't know. And maybe, maybe it wasn't even like for me. Maybe it was it was for me to say it out loud to you, and and maybe you will have something in your life that this sentence makes sense. Maybe there's something that you think you need to clean yourself of, and God is saying, that's what I'm going to use to make you shine. I think it's so beautiful and so just endearing that he would even say that. Like, that's so sweet. So if you felt it, <laughs> you relate, keep it. But for me over here, I'm just still racking my head off on, like, what what he thinks I need I what he knows that I think is dirty, if that makes sense. Um, and a couple of things come up like there's a lot of things that maybe I'm just like embarrassed of or ashamed of or something. But I don't know exactly what he means, like exactly what he's referring to. So I don't know. But maybe, you know, exactly what he's referring to in your life. So I thought that was super cool that he spoke to me that way in the dream and then spoke to me that way in the worship night by letting the lady come speak to me exactly when I said, let this lady come speak to me. So 
I just feel very seen by God recently. I'm feeling very seen. Moral of the story. I'm feeling very seen. I'm feeling very assured. He's like, God's like, I see you, girl. I hear you. You said to explain your dreams, and I did. He said, I should give you a sign that I see you, and I did. So he's just like, I see you. I see you. Um, Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's it. I don't know what I'm doing for the rest of the day. It's Saturday. I'm probably going to go to Trader Joe's. Um, I'll be back next week, and I, I will start the podcast off with what I'm welcoming and exiling because I haven't done that in a while. But thank you so much for listening to this episode. I said so many different topics, but I'm feeling very passionate about all of them at the moment. So I couldn't just do one episode on one thing. I just kind of wanted to talk about everything. I love you. I do. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you in another episode. Bye-bye.